Only the expository creature addresses your mind, addresses your affections, and addresses your will, addresses the entirety of who you are and what you are on the inside. Expository preaching is to inform the mind, but it is to inspire the heart, and it is to invite the will. The man you just heard was Dr. Stephen Lawson. He's a man who goes around the world teaching people how to explain the Word of God to the people of God. He is hosting a conference here at Grace Church of Orange on February the 3rd through the 5th, and we need a big team of joyful and willing volunteers to help us host this conference. We need people to help greet arriving guests, serve snacks, meals, provide security, direct traffic. Your gracious hospitality will make this event a phenomenal success. Pray that we will be a blessing to the 200 plus people planning to attend. If you have any questions, please email Brian Bush at bbush at graceorange.org and register to volunteer at graceorange.org. And now, on to Ordinary Church. Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast, a discussion of God's extraordinary works through His ordinary ways. My name is Winston Weber, and today I've got Mike Shera and Brian Bush with me, and we're talking about a more somber discussion today. We're talking about how to go to funerals, okay, how to go to a funeral, how to go to a memorial service. And, you know, as a pastor, as an elder, you know, I've, I've officiated a lot of services, I've gone to a lot of them. And I'm kind of in the flow all the time, but I realize that everybody else just goes and attends these things. You might be asked to share at one. Uh, you might be a part of one when it's a family member. But for the most part, we're observers. And a lot of people don't know what to do and how to respond and even how to act when they go to a funeral. So we thought it would be helpful to uh, talk about that a bit. So, Mike, you've been in the ministry for quite a while now, and you've probably had to end up burying a lot of people at this point, right? So what exactly is going through your mind the day of the funeral? Me as a pastor, the day of the funeral is I'm praying that God would make my words clear and that it would be Christ honoring. Whether you're doing the funeral of a believer or an unbeliever, you wanna be Christ honoring, you want the gospel to be clear, and you want to be a comfort and an encouragement and a source of, of hope for the family. And so you really want to to, I, I'm always praying a lot for the, for the grieving family. If there's a widow or a widower, if there's a kids and, and grandkids involved and brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles. And so you just, you really, you, your heart goes out to people in this moment. And this is the type thing that, you know, you, you, you work really hard to plan a sermon for Sunday and to have wedding services and what have you. Funerals just happen and you don't get to have them scheduled ahead of time. And so they're more on the fly, but you're really dealing with comforting people, pointing them to the comfort that is abundant in Christ. So Mike, that's, that's from a pastor's perspective, that's really helpful and it's good to think about those things, but me as not a pastor, how am I helpful? How, how do I go to a funeral and not screw things up? Right, okay, well, so this is an interesting one, right? Let's state the obvious right off the bat. No one wants to go to a funeral or a memorial service. Okay, it's just not the kind of thing that you go, wow, I sure hope I get to go to one of those soon. 
So it's the type thing. It's like going to visit someone in the hospital. Nobody likes to go visit someone in the hospital, but you do like to visit your friends and your family. But going to a funeral, going to a memorial service, the first thing I'd say, and I'm going to share five things today. The first thing is you go soberly. You go soberly because death is sobering, right? The nature of death is very sobering. Uh, we know something's wrong. You show up at a funeral and you see a casket or you see the flowers, or you see pictures, you see the grieving family, you intuitively know something is wrong, right? And so James 4 tells us this. You do not know what tomorrow will be like. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And the idea is this. You go to a funeral soberly knowing that your life is a vapor. It's like steam rising from a cup of coffee. It's, it, it's there and it's gone. Life is short, so you go soberly. Going to a funeral reminds us that we too are mortal and we too will face this, um, this end and that, that causes us to, uh, to approach it soberly. Okay, so we, we arrive at the funeral, we have a sober heart because we recognize the gravity of the situation, that this is, this is a serious thing. What's yes. next? What's next goes right along with it. It flows from a sober heart and it's humility. So you go soberly, but you go humbly. And, and the reason why is because you know that it's good for you to be there and you're grieving and you're sad for the family and you're going humbly because Ecclesiastes 7.2 tells us it's better to go to a house of mourning than a house of feasting. And you're like, wait a minute. Why is it better to go to a funeral than a party? And here's the reason why. Because this is the end of all mankind and the living will lay it to heart. So the idea is you go soberly, but you also are humbled in the process because you realize the end of everyone is that you're going to die. Mm. You are faced with your own mortality when you go to a funeral. Everyone has to think about it. Just like when you walk into a hospital to visit someone, you go, I might be here someday too. And so there's this, there's this soberness, but there's a humility. It's like the ground's level at a funeral. Mm. You know, it's not like you're really important and they're not that important. Everybody's just in the same boat. And we all know we're going to die. Mm. So I come to a funeral and I'm just, I'm sad. Like it, it's a sober, humbling thing. Not only recognizing that my friend or my loved one has passed, but also that this is going to be me one day. And man, that, that's heartbreaking. Is that the whole idea of going to a funeral is just ready to weep and wail and sing a dirge? Well, no, there's more. There's more. Oh, the third thing is empathetically. That you go soberly, you go humbly, but you also empathize with the ones that are hurting. So now you're not thinking about how you're feeling sad. You are thinking, how can I help this person? If they're a believer, how can I let them know that their comfort is abundant in Christ? As 2 Corinthians 1 tells us, if they're not a believer, how can I point them to the hope of Christ? But even more importantly, in that moment, how can I just be there for them? You remember Job's friends? Uh, some of them were called sorry comforters, but the good thing they did, the first thing they did was sat there with him. Hmm. They just sat there in silence. I remember when I went to comfort a good friend of mine who had a beloved family member attempt suicide. Hmm. It was in the middle of the night, I got a call, we went over to the house, and I just sat there in their living room with them and didn't say a word for quite a while. And years later, my friend said, the best thing you did was not say a word. Hmm. And it was so comforting. And I thought I just had nothing to say. 
because I was speechless. I really was. And so empathetically is, is key. Your heart hurting with their heart. And Job says something interesting to us here. In Job 6, verse 26, it says this. Do you think that you can reprove words when the speech of a despairing man is wind? And I think I know the meaning of this verse. It's a kind of a tricky saying, but I think what it means is this. You go empathetically and the person's despairing. And they're going to say things that you don't want to hold them to and they don't want to be held to. They're going to say some things that maybe aren't the best things or they're not the most reasoned or thought out words. Just let it be, uh, be empathetic, realize they're going through a really hard time, and they might say some things that later they wish they hadn't have said, and just roll with it. Let them fall to the ground. Let them, let them be blown by the wind. Uh, and, but let the empathy be heavy from you. Let it be strong from you towards the people. They don't need to know that you have a cut on your finger. They don't need to know that you're having trouble at work. They don't need to know that you got in an argument with a family member. What they need to know is that you're there and that you're there to sit with them and to empathize. Hmm. When you talk about empathy, uh, would it be helpful to, to share that I've had this similar experience and I know what you're going through and you know, you'll get through it? Sometimes no. and sometimes not because it's, sometimes that's our opportunity to talk about ourselves. Right. It's like, oh, been there, done that? No, don't say that at a funeral, right? Hmm. The idea is you're just there, you come alongside. It's like putting your arm around someone, uh, like your child. You're, you're comforting your child when they've gotten hurt. You're just there. You're not trying to explain to them how the germs might make them sicker or how you're going to be putting all these Band-Aids on them and medicine. It's just, I am so sorry this happened to you. I am, I'm so sorry that you are hurting. I'm so sorry for your loss. You share their emotion. You don't give them your own emotion. Right. This is, for example, that you have to be very careful when you're doing uh, pastoral counseling or biblical counseling with someone. It's very easy for needy counselors to say, I've been through the same thing. Let me tell you all about my story. They're not there to hear your story. They don't care about your story right then. The idea at a funeral is no new information. Yeah. Just be there for them. That's all they're going to remember is that you showed up. Now, I realize by this time, listeners, you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be sober? humble and empathetic and these are all great things but i'm feeling a little bit on a downer yeah. okay let me give you number four then it's gladly you go to a funeral gladly now i started off this this segment and said no one wants to go to a funeral so if no one wants to go to a funeral how do you go to one gladly and here's what i mean by this you want to go glad to know that you can give comfort happy to give comfort thankful feeling blessed to give comfort, but also that you can go and honor the memory of the deceased, that you can go and speak well. You know, a eulogy at a funeral is uh, literally to speak well of the one that has passed on, that you can go and share a memory with the family that would warm their heart, something they might not even know about that this person did to bless you. It's not the time uh, to go and rehearse all their faults or all their sins. You let those things be, you let those things go, you leave those things in God's hands, but to be glad to go and say, I am willing to honor the memory of the deceased. I want to honor the Lord. I'm glad that I get to honor the Lord by maybe being used to comfort this family. I'm not going to be the center of attention. I'm going to just take my place in the procession and glad 
to go and sit and carry the burden, bear the burden, weep with those who weep, just like we rejoice with those who rejoice. Mm. So you said you had five points, right? Right. That This is only four. Right. So you go soberly, you go humbly, you go empathetically and gladly, and fifth, joyfully. How's that different from gladly? Joyfully and gladly seem like synonyms. They do, but they're not. Okay. So gladly is where you've got an attitude of, wow, I'm glad I get to do this and I'm happy and I'm thankful for it. Joyful, joy comes from the Lord. Okay. So joy is something that you don't manufacture. Uh, Joy is something the Lord blesses you with and really almost surprises you with. Yeah. It's so often that we hear your theology is tested in the trenches. When you actually go out and live what you believe, mm-hmm. that's where you actually find out what you really do believe. Absolutely. So true. Uh, you, you know what you truly believe in the moments of deepest darkness. And when you're, again, bearing burdens with others and, and when you're weeping with those who weep. But the joy, Paul says to the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice, right? Uh, Nehemiah said to the people, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So I think a joy. Now, I would say not a joy where you're singing uh, praises to God through the aisles of the church as you're walking in, but a a, a subdued joy, uh, an overriding joy. A A joy that surpasses all understanding. A joy that surpasses all understanding. I know that's peace, listeners. Don't. The right, peace and the joy. <laughs> you know, Paul talked to the Thessalonians about those who die uh, that are believers. And he says this, he says, I don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that's dead, physically dead, that you may not grieve as others who do have no hope. So there's others that grieve with no hope, and that's an unbeliever. So let's talk about when you go to a, a funeral of an unbeliever. Those are sad times. But here's what you do. You say, wow. I'm a believer, and I'm going to a funeral, and I have the gospel. Lord, is there a chance that I might be able to come alongside someone with the hope of the gospel, right? But then you go to a funeral of a believer, and there is joy. Sometimes pure joy in the midst of of the worst pain. Mm. And this idea is this. He says, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep, who have died physically, For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, absolute authority, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Um, You go joyfully, you could say thankfully, you could say gratefully, but you go grateful for for God saving your soul through the shed blood, the substitutionary shed blood of Jesus on your behalf. Hmm. And you go uh, joyfully knowing, hey, I either have an opportunity to remember someone's gospel hope or point people to gospel hope. What an opportunity. Yeah, and that really ties well with what you were saying at the beginning with soberly and humbly of, man, this is how I'm going to end up. But then recognizing this isn't the end of the story for me, that Mm -hmm. I have my place secure in heaven. Amen. Amen. After Jesus' resurrection, he promised us that he is going to prepare a place for us that we may be with him. 
that is joyful. I'm reminded of a story I heard recently of how, how Christians sometimes in our prayers pray harder to keep good Christians out of heaven than we do keeping people out of hell. And, and I think some of that plays in here that we remember for the Christian who has died in this life, their body has, has stopped functioning, they have gone to be with Christ in heaven forever. Their home, mm. the true city, not the temporary tent that we dwell in now. And how could that not be reason for joy, that they are now in the presence of their Savior and their King and their Lord, and we too look forward to that. Absolutely. And this idea of joy going to a funeral really captures what James said in James 1, where he said, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And even contemplating the death of a loved one, the death of a friend, is, is something that God uses uh, to sanctify us and to deepen our faith and to give us endurance and to build endurance into us. So I think the idea of going soberly and humbly and empathetically and gladly, willingly, but also joyfully is something that might transform our going to funerals. Mm. Well, thank you guys. This was really helpful. Uh, I'm sure there's lots more we could say on the subject of dying and on the subject of living in Christ and all. There are many different things we could say on this, so I'm sure this will not be the only episode that we have on this, but we hope you listeners out there enjoyed this episode. If you wanted to get in touch with us, you can do so by emailing us at ordinarychurch.gmail.com or carrier pigeon. No. We we got rid of it. We're not doing carrier pigeons anymore? Sign up on our MySpace page. Write us a note. And we hope that you'll join us next Thursday as we remain faithful, even in the ordinary.